0: The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at (laughs) gmail.com.
1: I'm standing on the wall Put your back up on the wall well,
0: man. Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Marcus Parks
1: I'm Jackie Zabrowski I think that might be one of the best songs of all time
0: Get down on it Get down on it on.
1: Yeah, man, it's just such a It's all It's all great, it's like you don't have to dance We don't want to, but man, you should
0: dance You should fucking do it, Yeah, man, man it's great So you just got back from a vacation. I just
1: went on vacay, and it was great, and it was much needed. I spent a few days with my mother, which, you know, is always interesting, but I got smart, (laughs) and I lied to her about how much time I took off from work, (laughs) and so I could spend some time with Doug, and Doug and I went and did an Airbnb this weekend upstate. And it, I've never done that before, which I don't know if you guys are. Everyone's familiar with Airbnb, but it's when you rent out a either a house or someone's apartment, and you pay them directly rather than staying in a hotel. Which kind of weirded me out at first, but the place that we ended up staying at was the fucking best. It was a whole. It ended up being this family owned this big property. It was like twenty five acres out in the middle of nowhere, and we ended up getting to know not only the people that lived in the big house. But their children, who were probably in like their forties, they're staying out in the barn with us. It was like different apartments. Yeah. But they were just like, they loved to drink, they loved to smoke. We were just hanging out, and just ended up being really interesting people. And I know, Marcus, you're the same kind of person, which I love getting to know new people. Oh,
0: yeah, you absolutely. Know?
1: I'm totally dead. Like, I want to listen to your stories. I want to get to know, like, tell me the goss. I want to hear <laughs> everything about it.
0: What's going on in What's town? What's going
1: on, you know? <laughs> and they ended up being, like, really cool people. Um, one of the women I fell in love with. Her name is Nance, and she talks like this, and everything is really, really loud. And you know, fuck this, fuck them, (laughs) and we just ended up becoming good friends. Of course, city woman. Out of they're they're all from the Bronx. Okay, so they are just really cool fucking people, and I found out, which I told Marcus a little bit about this, but now I'm going to tell you the whole story. Yeah. So Nance has one of the most interesting jobs I've ever heard of. She specializes in accidental and suicidal deaths specifically drowning but what her job is is that if the family or friends or anyone thinks that what was deemed an accident or a suicide if they think that there was something nefarious behind it then they go to her and say hey can you research the case will you look into what the police found and say whether or not if the body was found you know They found it and said, oh, we immediately called the cops. She gets all the 911 calls. She hears from everyone. She investigates. She talks to the actual people that found the bodies. Things like if they say, oh, we found our little girl in the water, and they said they brought her into the house, but the father's not wet, the bed's not wet, Mm. things like that where she just goes in to try and basically figure out if the police just chose that it was easier Ah, for it to be a suicide or an accident
0: happens quite a bit here in the city it does a lot of people dying a lot of lazy cops
1: a lot and also she happens to specialize in women and children because a lot of you know abusive relationships and oh she just drowned and things like that Mm -hmm. that she goes into it's like why are there bruises on her You know, and she's very – but she's immediately the kind of person – I wanted to tell her every secret I had. (laughs) She's just – one, you know, know, those people that you're like, I just trust you completely because she has not one bad bone in her body. Mm -hmm. She's like, unfortunately, sometimes I end up not even charging people because I feel so bad. Oh, man. Which – unless it goes to court. Then it's like – then it's under the government, and then she gets paid for all that stuff.
0: So she's a private investigator.
1: Yes, but not – She doesn't have the licensing for a private investor. That's not how she's built. Um, Because it all started, we asked, of course, after like story number nine, we're like, how did you get into this? It's such an interesting, when you find someone with such an interesting job, you're like, how did you even think of going in that direction? And this story, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. I love their whole family. I felt immediately so close to them. So... They've been going there every summer. It's been in their family since 1902. They've been going there every single summer. And one of the girls that lived across the street on the acreage, you know, when I say across the street, I mean a a little bit away, but Mm -hmm. she ended up staying there almost every single summer with all of them. They all became friends. They all grew up together. They all went to college together. They've all lived together in the city. They were best friends. She was a producer. Her name is Margaret. She was a producer at NBC. She was doing really well for herself and was always like a self-made woman, but never you would never know that she had money. She didn't act like that, but she had money. Yeah. And she ended up dating a guy who had recently gotten out of prison for beating a woman <sighs> who had been in prison many times for that and she ended up leaving her life in new york for him and moving up across the street onto their family's farm and they mo- she moved him in she bought him a car she you know she which she didn't realize he was taking out life insurance claims <sighs> under her name oh. and one day she, they all noticed she had bruises on her and they noticed that she was scared of him and you know in those kind of situations which is hard, you know, especially looking back, that the when you see someone you're good friends with in that kind of situation, you want to be like, fuck that guy, fuck, you need to get away from him, which you do in the beginning, but then you realize that just pushes them away.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a Stockholm Syndrome type of situation. Because it becomes you against, it becomes them against everyone else, them against the world.
1: Right, and that you try and protect the person that is hurting you. And that's what was happening, so they decided to just keep her there as much as possible, rather than pushing her away. They would just be like, "Just spend the night here, just hang out here and that's what it would be and then he would get upset when she wouldn't come home and They have a like long line of n y p d in their family, and they would watch out for her and try and but she didn't want anyone's help. Mm-hmm. So one day she comes over to Joe who's the the older man that owns the whole place and she, who's basically her father and she had two fresh black eyes and she said he's moving out I uh, I'm I'm going to wait here um, he's moving out and he's and Joe's like well you got to make sure that he's not taking all your things he's going to rob you blind if he's moving out so he called up his sons his three sons in the NYPD down here but it's 2 hours away and they were going to come up and help her But she was worried that he was gonna take more things, so she goes over there, and then all of a sudden they see police car, police car, police car, because he had beaten her to death. But he put her into the tub to make it look like she had taken a bunch of pills and drank a bunch of wine she tried to commit suicide. Oh, man. And she was shoved into this small tub, and the cops saw it as a suicide. Even though the family's there and, and the boyfriend was like, they're not family. And she's like, we're fucking family. When it comes, you know, we are family. But since they weren't family, they weren't allowed in. They weren't allowed to talk to anybody. And there were like things like there their wine bottles all over the house, the empty wine bottles. And when they came back toxicology, there was nothing in her system. Yeah, of course not. Nothing. And he is still free. He's still across the street. She showed us which car was the car right. She's like that's the murder. He still the murderer. lives there. He still lives there. Girl. It was 3 years ago and she started saying fuck this. And so she started investigating. Wow. She's on her 7th investigator because they the police screwed up. Yeah. So they don't want to admit it. So there's a there's a Facebook website called Justice for Margaret. She's been on Dr. Phil. She's this or I don't I I forget exactly what her last name, but if you look up Justice for Margaret, she is the person, it has started three years ago, that is fighting for cases like that to try and help people make sure that their loved ones are... that those shitty people are fucking put away. Yeah. Because no one's watching out for people. Because it's easier to not go through with all the paperwork. And man, watching that car drive by and knowing which car it was... It was just devastating. She's like, how do you think we feel watching him? And he keeps trying to get them arrested saying, oh, they're threatening me. She's like, I'm not threatening him. If I wanted him dead, he'd be dead. Yeah. She's like, but I want justice. And that's what I'm working for, for all these other people. And her story, it's just like that. It's like people like that turning that kind of travesty. And it's what, what an injustice and and making it, making it positive and helping other people. And she has put people away oh great and she's, she's like, like a, a fucking superhero man it's awesome <laughs> it's fucking amazing so you know if you know anything if you, if you ever know someone that's in this kind of situation look up Justice for Margaret and, and she is just such an amazing fucking person and I just I don't know what else I can do for her, but I just was like, please write a book. She's like, No one gives a fuck about my story. So I'm like, Are you me? kidding me? <laughs> I was like, please. People need to know that there are good people out there that will help. Yeah. We need to know that. And it even just makes me feel better. You know, it, because of things like that, that she was just got caught in a bad relationship. And it happens. Yeah. Unfortunately, it happens. It and happens
0: it, to some of the people that are listening right now. It's happening to some people that are listening right now.
1: It's just, and it's hard because people are like, well, just leave. But it's so much more than that. Yeah. And even if you have people literally across the street that are there to help, sometimes it's not enough. And you have to trust your gut instincts. Yeah. And they still beat themselves up. Yeah. You know, Joe says, I shouldn't have let her go back over there. But you can't do anything about it now except to fight for what you believe in. And that's what I'm taking from this. And and she's going to put that man into jail.
0: Yeah, it's going to happen.
1: And it, it, watching her, she's just like, you know, setting seven investigators because no one wants to get involved. And when she comes, she is a spitfire.
0: I'd imagine. She
1: doesn't. She's like, I guess there are ways around like the Freedom Speech Act and things like that to get what you need to get the case. But you have to make a lot of enemies.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. A saucy woman from the Bronx with a cause.
1: And, and she's also, it's not really just out of New York. She mostly works out of Texas and Florida. Really? Yep. Because of unfortunately how many fucking cases there are down there like that.
0: I would imagine Florida, there are tons. She's in
1: Florida often.
0: I could imagine. So, Texas. That's surprising, though. That's very surprising.
1: There was a she was telling me a story of a a stepson that the stepmother said that he drowned out in the gulf and she had to go out into the gulf to show that the way that he had washed up and the way that her story was is that it wouldn't have come up onto the shore the way it had so she said she's out there swimming in the gulf she's like i'm terrified of fucking sharks. i'm out in this fucking water i can't fucking see anything and i got this this baby double. I got a big body corpse that I'm swimming with and I'm like if a short comes, I guess I give it the baby double. I give it the baby double because I don't want to get killed. And like that's how she just I want to look up the episode of her on Dr. Phil because the bastard the murderer is the one that took her to Dr. Phil because he was saying that he was being harassed about it. About the whole situation so he brought the whole thing. What he didn't know that she had uncovered all of the previous arrests of him beating fucking women through many states that he was like she's called him a, a wife beater and he's like I'm not a wife beater see see what I have to deal with see that she's putting this this label on me that I don't deserve and then Dr. Phil's like so you're saying you're not a wife beater and he's like yes I'm 100% and he goes alright well let me pull out your rap sheet and just went bam, bam naming women naming women naming women and then he did a lie detector test and got the the lowest score possible on a lie detector <laughs> test and he still is free i don't get it so if you know of any way to help this family they are the best fucking family i've ever met justice for marjorie
0: <sighs> margaret that, that, justice for margaret that's amazing and it's you know even though you know it's still de- hasn't fucking gone through yet it will and That is some inspiring shit right there i just to just not give up and to really believe in it and know that what you're fucking right and to not stop. Man, fucking, as Henry Rollins said, the tenacity of a cockroach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and also the fact that you do not stop and to help other people while you're doing it.
0: Yeah. yeah that's, it's
1: just uh, a really inspiring story.
0: That's great. And I'm definitely going and staying at that bed and breakfast.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> like, that sounds like
0: an amazing weekend.
1: It, they, are, they are amazing people.
0: Man, yeah, Man, just sometimes you just get... Those people from back, like the people from back home, that's one of the things that that tells you is that people are essentially the same everywhere. They just got different accents. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) You know, like that family, you could find that family in Texas. You could find them in Florida. You know, you can find them in Montana and in California. Like they're the exact same kind of people. It's just different flavors. You know, it's like chocolate versus dark chocolate versus white chocolate. It's all chocolate. It's all chocolate, man. It's all man. fucking great. It all tastes great. Yeah, it all tastes great. It's just different flavors. But, yeah, just fucking, That that's fantastic, man. I love hearing about that.
1: And apparently we were the first people that stayed there that got the Nance stories. <laughs> really? I was like,
0: how are people not talking to this woman? <laughs> are you crazy? And um, now I don't know how to, like, broach it. Like, I don't know. Now I don't know, like. So Jackie has told me of your dark doings. Oh my
1: god. Well once you get her going, yeah. bam, 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 bam. She's sitting there with her fourteen year old kid and the kid knows more of the stories than she does. Like she's like, Where was I? Alaska. I was in fucking Alaska.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fucking fantastic, man. Well yep, I'm definitely going. Uh, and definitely having a fucking great weekend. Playing pool. Fucking riding four wheelers, getting drunk, eating steak. There was a zip line. Oh, zip line! With a
1: child mattress taped to <laughs> the the tree, so that you would hit into the child mattress. It was awesome. It was, it was so awesome.
0: I can't wait. Let's get to our letters for today. Right. uh Our first one. What we gonna call her?
1: Ooh, how about?
0: Snip snap paddy whack. <laughs> <laughs> Snip snap paddy whack. Yeah. Here, here we go. Give a dog a bone. <laughs> Dear Jackie and Marcus, I was re listening to the episode where you mentioned child psychology, which is practically non existent in the black community, and it brought up a few things. As a child, whenever I had tantrums, I was yelled at for, quote, acting crazy, and told that I needed to take my medicine. In elementary school, my tantrums were always a form of self harm in some way, like biting my arm until my teeth hurt banging my head against the wall until I was dizzy or throwing my glasses. I saw a therapist once because I wasn't allowed back in school until I saw someone. The therapist told my parents they couldn't spank me if I was going to be her client, and my mother believed I would use that as a way to do whatever I wanted, so I never went back. It made me feel so alone because my parents weren't willing to put in the work to help me. Over the years, I had to help myself, but sometimes I couldn't. I started cutting in middle school and was laughed at because I was, quote, acting white because only white girls cut themselves. In high school, I cut my hands so deep that I needed stitches and sprained my ankle on purpose because I needed time alone at home. Through all of this, my parents told me that I wasn't white, so I needed to stop acting crazy. After college, I was diagnosed as bipolar, and I wish someone would have done something sooner because I'm still dealing with so much of my childhood. What pisses me off the most is that while there was a recognition that something was wrong, no one did anything about it. My little sister is 14, and my parents have sort of learned from their mistakes, but my sister still comes to me for advice. When she calls, I always answer, even if I'm having a bad day. The biggest challenge is ensuring her that even though I may not be doing well, there are plenty of other times when I'm okay. The most I can do is let her know that I'm someone she can talk to no matter what. I guess I just wanted to say that there's so much shame tied to mental health in the black community that getting help at a young age is close to impossible, but no matter the race, if there's a way to let someone know that you recognize they're having a hard time, then you should do it and really mean it. There's nothing worse than being told to go to someone and they don't want to hear from you later on. You two do amazing work, thank you. Snip, snap, paddywhack.
1: Thank you. I mean, talk about another inspiring story 100%. I I mean, it sucks. And I mean, obviously, I can't speak too much for the black community. But unfortunately, that is such a huge thing that like it's generational. I'm hoping that this is a generational thing that like you are able to help your sister now because you've grown up through it. Now you've got the resources to tell her that it's going to be okay and that you were there to help her. But a lot of the older generations still find so much shame in all of it, and, or they don't want to think that there's something wrong,
0: Yeah, even and though it's no one's fault. No, it's no one's fault at all. And, and it's, I think it's in, the, it's in the black community, it's in the white community, it's, it's an older generational thing uh, that people just... And, and I've heard that a lot. Like, I've heard the, you know, black people saying, like, you know, crazy's a white thing. You know, the whole white people be crazy thing. We hear that all the time, you know, and and it's not... It's a weird thing. I don't know why... People can't accept that, why it's such an unacceptable thing in the black community to, to accept that mental illness exists. And not only does mental illness exist, but anyone could have mental illness, that it's not a race thing at all. Uh, it has nothing to do with anything. Mental illness has no racial lines or gender lines or class lines or uh, age lines or anything like that. There are no barriers. It affects everybody, everywhere, all the time. I mean, not everybody has mental illness, but it it's everywhere. It, it doesn't escape people just because they're of a different uh, race, age, or uh, or class division. It's all the same.
1: But I think it's also, you know, it, it's that division of, you know, we grew up in, in Woodhaven, Queens, which was primarily black and Puerto Rican, that we were constantly called pussies no matter what, just that it seems that in the stereotype that whites are more coddled when they're kids. Which, you know, I would say widespread is probably true. I mean, yeah, I got called the same thing, but it was also kind of true. That's, I mean, but I'm not saying that's true in every sense, uh, uh, in every community. I'm not saying that that is a truth. I'm saying that it happened to be a truth for my family. I mean, this is
0: all anecdotal stuff, and you can't use you know anecdotes for proof or anything like that, but we can speak from our own personal experience.
1: And I, and I wonder, though, if there is any science behind the fact that, like, is it more prevalent in, in white people? Do you think maybe that there is a history of that? Or is it that it was just so pushed down that it's not something in all communities that it's just we just happen to coddle it first?
0: I mean i think it's definitely more diagnosed and definitely more addressed (laughs) has a lot to do with uh with class as well you know with uh you know you know white people if you look at you know the the statistics of america white people are much better off than minorities financially so we have of
1: course it's a small percentage it happens to just
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, everything else just happens to fuck a lot of people over and so white people have more resources Uh, to get help for uh, for mental health. And I think uh, mental health, and and this is just in general in the healthcare industry in general in America, is uh, mental health is the last thing to be addressed. You know, it's all physical help. You know, it's all physical first. You know, do you have, uh, you know, do you have a headache? Do you have asthma? Do you have diabetes? And at the very, very bottom of it is, do you have depression? Do you have bipolar? Are you schizophrenic? Like that's, that's at the bottom. So working your way down as far as getting your, you know, health taken care of, whether it be mental or physical, mental is at the bottom so that could also be another reason why minority communities don't reach out for mental health as much because they can't afford it and there's so many other fucking things to take care of first
1: well i know and that's hard if you have to choose between getting a very mandatory root canal that you need or going to see a therapist i mean what do you think wins out yeah. i mean until the day that we see that mental health is something that is covered a, in insurance or at least given for free in some capacity to anyone that needs it, we're fucked.
0: Yeah, here in New York City we have that. In New York City we have plenty of avenues to uh, for people to go and get mental health for free. You can go to Bellevue uh, and they've got a wonderful program there, but you think some motherfucker in Missoula, Montana is going to have that? You know, hell, someone in Fresno, California, you think, in, in these mid-sized cities out there, in these small cities out there, I mean, they don't have that. They don't have, and hell, they got, barely got access to anything at all, much less something free. Uh, and it's just not something that we're offering in this country just yet. But I think it's something that, you know, we can all, if we talk about it more, if people are just more open about it. Like, like for example, uh, you, uh, you know, Snip Snap Paddywhack, you're talking to your sister about it. And your sister is talking to you about it. You guys have a rapport with this. You are normalizing it for her, uh, and since which is our
1: job. That's our generations. We have to do this. We
0: have to normalize this, and you are normalizing it for her. She will normalize it for someone else. Who will normalize it for somebody else? It will take effect. What you just have to do is you just have to normalize it to people and say, like, hey, this is not something that's weird. This is not something that you should be ashamed of. This is fucking reality. This is not something to be weird, weird out about. This is normal. This is just as normal as anything else. You know, it's just as normal as any physical malady and deserves the exact same amount of treatment and attention and respect that those, same things, that those things do. So once you normalize it for people, and not only that, you're gonna normalize it for your kids your sister is going to normalize it for her kids and it's just going to keep going and keep going and keep going you just have to normalize it for people and that's what's going to help people out more than anything else
1: and unfortunately that oftentimes comes from being in an environment where you're under attack for it you know i'm very fortunate to have grown up that like as all the problems i have with my mother she's still at least aware of our mental illnesses and all of the family because she can't she grew up in a place where it was not recognized and her and my grandmother it was never recognized in her even though she is off her fucking rocker and she is especially now just getting worse and worse and worse. And for all those years of how she had to fight to say, No, I'm okay. I just We need to deal with this rather than saying, You're fucked up. You're the problem. You're choosing this, you know. And that's why my mother is different than her mother, is because she had to go through that. And unfortunately, most of our generation is what has to go through that to to normalize it. And we just got to keep going, but we got to keep saying, It's okay. It's not your fault. It's your responsibility. It's okay. It's not your fault.
0: Yes. It's all right as long as you're taking care of it. it's fine it's going to be fine and if you're taking care of it then that's such i mean that's such a great thing for other people to see you know it's setting an example like if you set an example that all right yes i do have problems that i cannot do like, that I cannot help. These are problems that I have, and it's not something that's ever going to go away, but I am taking care of it. I'm living a fucking, like, a great life. I'm living a productive life, uh, yet I still have this other thing that I need to deal with. Like, I know when some, like... <laughs> In the past, when I, you know, would tell people, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I have, you know, bipolar disorder, you know, sometimes people, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, But when now, like when someone sees me taking a pill you know the pill that i have to take every single day like you know and i'm not ashamed of it it's like if it's time to take the fucking pill it's time to take the pill i don't care who the fuck is yeah. around and uh i take the pill and they're like oh yeah you okay i was like no no no. I, i'm i'm bipolar i have to just take i have to take this every day and they're like what like yeah I, i've got a fairly severe mental illness that i have to take care of i have to take medication for it and i have to go to therapy for it and they're like well fuck you got your shit together i'm like yeah. Had to. I had to. I have to get get my shit together. Or I wouldn't be here. No. I'd be either living in my parents' living room or I'd be dead. Like, there's not a whole lot of in between there. Or I'd be working at a call center in Lubbock, Texas. At best. That is at best. If I didn't take care of my shit the way I take care of it. Uh, and that's just what you got to do. You just got to take care of your shit. You can have... These problems, You can have these, you know, these illnesses and disorders, but you can still live a full fucking life and you can set a good example for everyone else and you can normalize it for everyone else by saying, hey, I've got this thing. I went through this. I went through some bad fucking times, but I got through to the other side and so can you and so can the person that you know that's going through it. You're, you know, you're little brother or your friend or your girlfriend or something like that. It's just like, hey, I went through this. I did this. I got through it. It's normal. It's fine. You can do it, too.
1: This uh, is a lo- kind of along the lines, but I did want to throw out there that when I was home, I had some good solo time with my niece.
0: Oh, yeah. How is, how's she doing? She
1: She's okay. Hmm. She's all right, but I think that like what um, Snip Snap Paddywhack just makes me think of like how how important it is for if you are a older sibling or, a, you know, I'm a young aunt, you know, I'm only 18 years older than she is. So I'm a lot closer in age than my mother or my sister who is, you know, has her own fucking things going on. So I decided to talk to her, see what was up. And so we went on a long walk and she started talking to me and stuff that she can't talk to her mother about and stuff she can't talk to my mother about because it's different
0: well that's what a good aunt or uncle is there for
1: and it was awesome because we ended up talking through a bunch of stuff and and and, you know she was like do you think I'm weird mom says I'm weird and I don't act right and I was like I don't think you're weird I was like you know what everybody's brain is different and it's okay and I was like just talk about it talk to me about it you know if you're ever sad call me Or call grammy call anybody if you're ever really sad or 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 upset about something and she's like i was upset the other day and i said what about and i guess it's still i mean i i guess i don't know if this is everywhere in my head i feel like it's gone is that she doesn't have a father yeah and she gets picked on a lot for it really and i just didn't i i didn't think that that was an issue and I, maybe I'm dumb I just I, I don't really think about it because even when I was in school like we didn't pick on anybody for not having one or the other parent or living with their grandparents or anything like that
0: no I mean maybe just there was maybe there was just a lot more kids growing up the maybe our generation there were just so many more kids that were being raised by single parents whether it was you know mothers or, or fathers. I had a couple of kids in my class that were being raised by their dads, a couple of kids being yeah. raised by their grandparents, it's a couple just, being, it's you know, life. people being raised by their moms. Yeah. No one ever said anything about it. It's That's weird. That's bizarre.
1: Yeah. And she's she said, because she goes to a Catholic school, she's like, do you think I'm going to hell? Cause I don't, yeah, I, I don't have uh, a dad. And I was like, no, that is, whoa. no, I don't. Holy shit. And she's like, well, would you, she's like, would you, if you and Doug had a baby, would you get married? I was like, well, I don't think that the two... You don't have to be married to have a kid. It doesn't mean you don't love them. She's like, because the kids at the school say that my dad didn't love me, and why so I didn't stay around.
0: That's fucked.
1: That's and so like,
0: fucked.
1: And if she's not getting it from the kids at school, where are these thoughts getting put? I know that's not coming from my sister. No. That is not the no, kind no, of person no, no, no. my sister is. So I was just like, I think... I was like, there's nothing weird about you, and... And you and she, she, you know, my sister's with a new boyfriend, and he's been around a while. She's known him for a long time, and she's like, "Well, I asked Jamie if I could call him Daddy," and I said, "Well, what did he say?" And he said, "That's okay if if I want to do that." And she's like, "I think it might help at school." And I said, "Well, don't do it if you don't want to do it, and if and don't do it because other people make you think that you need it, because you are a whole wonderful person, and you don't need." A dad to make you a person I mean like intoler- <laughs> scientifically yeah you do but it was just like a really good talk that like I guess it's been hurting her for a while and she didn't have anybody to talk to about it
0: that's probably been a, the root of a lot of her problems I just also
1: wanted to go to that fucking elementary school (laughs) and beat the shit out of some fucking eight-year-olds. Yeah, kick the fuck out. Also, I thought maybe she was getting called fat. I mean, that's the time when it starts. Yeah. yeah. But it was that. I was like, really? Yeah,
0: beat the shit out of some eight-year-olds and give some priests a good fucking what-for.
1: Yeah, man. Going to hell because she doesn't have a father? Fucking virus. Are you kidding? That's what you're losing sleep over? Going to hell because you don't have a father?
0: I don't get that. So
1: I got really upset after that. But I'm glad that, like, we all need to reach out. And you know, it's like you have you have a, a nephew that is in teen years. You yeah. know, it's like I
0: mean, we're 16 years apart.
1: So it's it's yeah. a closer, it's closer.
0: Yeah, when you're closer in age, you definitely have a, a closer kind of relationship with them. Although, like i said in the last episode, I think now he's. A he's more. too cool now. He's way. Oh, he's such a fucking cool kid. He would have beat the fuck out of me in high school. Oh, <laughs> we would have hated each other. But oh, that's why you got to get God. in at the ground. Yeah. Also, he's a boy. <laughs> I mean,
1: here, it's a, it's different. it's yeah, yeah. Not different with all boys, but you know he's different. But like, she's a girl. Yeah. And like she want, and so I gave her my number, put it in her cell phone. I was like, call me any time. Yeah. So I'm just. I just need to start calling her.
0: Yeah. That's really it And eight's about the, the age When you can just Kind of call kids And talk to Actually like Have conversations With yeah. them on the phone You're like Hey what's going on Like, You know I'll call uh, My brother And you know I'll talk to his daughter And I'll talk to his son And all that But yeah Just have like Actual conversations Except for having A conversation with Cal like Hey how you doing man Good How's everything uh, Is everything going alright Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah
0: Oh uh, yes The 16 year old Answers man. on the phone yeah, football. Cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah. Anyway. No, that that was great. Like that's I'm so glad you had a conversation with her and got to know a little bit more about her and what's going on with her life. I'm sure it's a big I mean, I'm sure even though um you know, it hurts to hear all that stuff, I'm sure that's still a big load off your mind to know kind of the root of a lot of that stuff.
1: I hope it's the root or I hope it's not what's gonna make it worse. Yeah. You know, it's just being picked on, it's just so hard. Yeah. I mean, everyone's picked on in some kind of way. I know that. It's just, I I guess it will will be hard to watch your own children go through it.
0: Yeah. It will be fucking devastating. (sighs) All right. Well, let's get to our next letter. Hello, Marcus and Jackie. It's Crazy Diamond. I wrote it in around April. So I have a family issue. Who doesn't? So let's start at the beginning. My husband was going through a rough patch finding a job, so he decided to go back to school, which I fully supported. However, the school he decided to go to required him to get a loan from a local bank. Our credit at that time was terrible, and that adjective is kind at best. So he needed a co signer, and my aunt was amazing and wonderful enough to do so for him. The problem is apparently lately he slacked off on paying it all, uh, The problem is apparently lately he slacked off on paying it at all and rarely on time, which I had no clue. We have separate checking accounts. So I got a text from my aunt, and the bank was threatening her with a lawsuit and would fuck her credit up. So he was behind two payments and owed for a current payment. However, we managed to pay for both, thankfully. However, she is furious with him and didn't want to come to my daughter's fourth birthday party, which sucks, but she doesn't want to see him. My family literally means everything to me. Do I ask him, her father, to take a back seat? Do I tell my daughter's favorite aunt this is the way it is? Any help at all would be greatly appreciated. You guys are the best. Crazy Diamond. P.S. Unrelated to this, the Cowman's drinking song is my Friday afternoon happy song. Crazy Diamond. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Just wait till the album comes out. It sounds so good It's going to be so good.
1: This is such a hard situation. This is rough. I mean, it is. It's money and family never go well.
0: Mm -mm. Money and friends, money and family. It's always bad.
1: It's always, or or, or you pay it off. It's one or the other. And unfortunately, it seems like your aunt is kind of stuck in this. And it's kind of, I mean, I feel like if I knew that he had the money and then he just wasn't paying for it, I'd go. I'd be like, "Hey, what's going on? Or can we figure out a plan together to pay for this for now, and then you can owe me back?" Yeah. Rather than hurting your aunt's credit. Yeah, because you I said, think your aunt is right in it. I mean, not that she doesn't. She should not come to the party. I mean, I understand that. Like, that's just adding, adding so much stress. That's a
0: bit dramatic. Yes. yes.
1: But because in reality. It, it, I mean, it's easy. So much easier to say this. She should go to him, and be like, "Hey, what the fuck is going on?" <laughs> but it's
0: your fucking problem, yeah, bro.
1: That's so much easier to say rather than avoiding the problem because she doesn't want to make a scene or doesn't want to pry. But honestly, when you get into financial crossroads with a family member that gives them the right to pry yeah. it gives them a, and it sucks and it sh- kind of shouldn't be that way but if someone lends you a bunch of money they have a right to ask what you're doing with it
0: Yeah, are, I
1: feel like
0: I agree that you are giving them a uh, an in into your life they now have a stake in in your life and what you're doing with your life, just like anybody else. Like, a bank doesn't necessarily doesn't have, like, an end to your life to want to know, like, how you're spending your money and all that type of stuff. They're not going to get as invasive with it because they can't. But a family member, you are inviting them into your life in a financial way because your financial well-being has a direct effect on their financial well-being and especially if your financial well-being has a direct effect on their credit like that is some serious shit right there yes like that's not especially if you've
1: been building it for so long and it's so fragile credit can just fly out the fucking window Mm mm-hmm I think that you need to side with your your aunt on this.
0: I mean, I don't even know if you really need to take sides.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. Side isn't the right word, but it's something that's not going to go away. It's something that has to be dealt with.
0: Yeah, it definitely has to. And you,
1: unfortunately, in the fulcrum of the two relationships, kind of got to be the one to do that. And it sucks a Mm. lot. And
0: I mean, what's he doing? That's kind of what I'm wondering because you said that you managed to pay for both. So you had enough money to pay for the past payments, you know, missing two payments and then not being late on the current payment. So it sounds like he just sort of fucked up and just didn't do it. That he wasn't spending the money elsewhere, like he wasn't taking your money and buying like a fucking Xbox or anything like that, it sounded like he just didn't do it. I mean, has has he always been bad with money? Is he just? Uh, do you take care of the bills? Do you take care of all of that shit? I mean, if you already do that and he's your husband, then you kind of already developed a pattern you've established a pattern here you've established a role that you're the one in the household that takes care of finances you're the one that takes care of that kind of shit and I mean I don't know if you really need to teach him a lesson on this or anything like that but you might also just have to send in the check yourself just like, get I, the money from
1: him yeah. and send in the check.
0: Yeah, just get the money from him and send in the check, and just to, and
1: especially if it's not like a malicious thing. No. If it's just that he forgot, then maybe you know it, you don't want to be like, I don't trust you to do this, which I guess it seems like you're doing yeah. in doing that. But I I would suggest talking to him about it first, finding out exactly what happened. If he was just behind, if he was spending on other things, like what was he what was he spending it on? Yeah. Not that. Again, private accounts, it's not really any of your business, even as a wife, but it is when it involves your family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not asking for receipts. I would say just offer, hey, do you want to give me the check every month and I'll take care of the bill? Yeah. Or do you want to just put it into my account and I'll take care of the bill? Or do we need to sit and it's like, we're just... Ugh, talking about finances <laughs> in a fucking oh, in a relationship is the, is the worst. worst. Oh, we it's are, so
0: bad. It's like been
1: about a year since we've entered into that world of, like, of, you know, of, what's it called?
0: Boop, 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 beep, beep, budgeting.
1: Beep, budgeting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how much I do it. You didn't see the hand motions that she was doing. She was, like, chopping up the air into tiny I was little cho- I was chopping it, it was up, like, like, boop, 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 beep. Budgeting, budgeting. Okay. You know, I, also, I was putting them into categories. I also speak Jackie. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> budgeting is the. It's just so, oh, precarious yeah. to talk to anyone about money, and that's why I completely understand. I'm so glad, you know, I'm happy you wrote in because it's stuck between a rock and a hard place. But you know what? Just gotta fucking do it. Yeah. And and Marcus, you're right. It's not about taking sides. It's just about figuring it out.
0: Yeah, and like you can figure it out. Yeah. And also your husband has to call and apologize to your fucking ass.
1: Yeah. Personally.
0: He yeah. has to, he has to personally call her and say, listen, I, I fucked up. I'm, I'm very sorry, you know, and don't, and he doesn't, don't tell him, do not give an excuse. Don't say anything like, you know, I was doing this and I was doing that and blah, blah, blah. Just and apologize. I, I had this thing and that thing. If she asks what were you, like, what were you doing? What happened? Then he you you can, he can tell her, but he has to be honest. If he tries coming up with some excuse or he tries justifying it or anything like that, it's not going to work. He has to be completely honest. He has to, it's going to be embarrassing for him. It's going to be really fucking embarrassing. I've had to make that call. I've had to do that. I've had to admit that I totally fucked up on some sort of finances and that I, you know, needed some help. You know from somebody like I've had to do that I've had to make that call and it fucking sucks it's so you humiliating have to do it it's so embarrassing but you have to do it and you have to be totally honest with them you know, like he has to be totally honest with her uh, but and but that's that's what it is is that the only way this relationship is gonna get mended the only way that your aunt is gonna be able to come around And hang around with your daughter who it sounds like they're very close with each other the only way that that shit is all gonna come back together is if he just calls and apologizes and talks to her personally and And also
1: if you sit down and talk with him as well mm -hmm. about how much it means to you I mean it it sucks that it has to mean anything to you this is his loan but you know it he has to get his head just kind of shaking be like hello What's going on in there? You need Like, just talk to me for a second. And also to know that, like, he's able to talk to you if he gets behind. You know, he should, you know, be able to because it's embarrassing. And that's Mm -hmm. why no one wants to talk about it. But I have definitely had to be like, hey, I can't make this bill. Can you float me the money and I'll get you when I get my paycheck? And it sucks. Even though I know I'm just borrowing it for a week. I, it, oh, it's not, <laughs> m- asking for money is unfortunately, it's fortunately and unfortunately not how I was raised. Yeah. It's, you figure it out, but that shouldn't, it, I mean, between parents and kids, I understand, but in a relationship, it, it should be a little more fluid.
0: Yeah. And you got to stay so calm during this relationship because the, not the worst fight, but one of the worst fights you can have with a significant other is about money. Like that's such a fucking horrible fight to have because you just both feel like shit about it. No one feels good about it. No one wants to do that. And if you're calm about it, uh, and and also no one likes to fight about money and no one likes to fight about family, right? You know, and these two things are unfortunately together. Like no one wants, no one wants to fight about how you pissed off the aunt or you pissed off dad or you pissed off my mom or something like that. Like no one wants to fight about that. Uh and unfortunately you've got two very difficult conversations all wrapped up in one. But you can fucking do it. Yeah. You can you can absolutely do it. Uh and it sounds like yeah, he, he might be a bit of a fuck up. You know, he might be, but that's fine. Just you know, you know work That towards is totally it. fine work through Just it. Work through it. Talk through it. it. Yes. Talk to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll be fine. This isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, but this is something... It's just kind of shitty. It's just kind of shitty. There, There's nothing insurmountable about this. Uh, it's not the biggest deal in the world, and it's also something that can be solved relatively simply. You just uh, have to
1: remember that... Also, it's hard when it comes to money because money is such a huge factor in all of our lives yeah. that it's really... And it's hard to say even, but it's not that big of a d- It is just money. Yeah. It will come around. You will find, as long as you're working, as long as you're working towards it, and as long as you keep money coming in, that you have to do whatever you have to. Because it's the American way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, you've got a simple solution, but a tough one ahead of you. Uh, so good luck on all of that.
1: You crazy diamond. You fucking and shine up you there. shine out.
0: <laughs> well, that's all we got for today here on Sex and Other Human Activities. Uh, we've got a ton of letters to get to, and I promise uh, that we're going to get to as many as we possibly can. If you got a question for us or a comment or uh, if you want to add anything to uh, the letters that we've read today, uh, give us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll get to them as soon as we can. Fucking make noise and be free, man. Yeah. Yeah. Shine on. Shine on.